back to another episode of Lacrosse and Sport. My name is Roger Welton, and I'm coming to you with my favorite co-host on the planet, Steve Jordan. Good evening, Steve. How are you, buddy? Great, Raj. I'm really excited about this podcast, too, because we have our other very good friend and buddy from high school, junior high school, and I think even as far back as elementary school, Dr. Brian Paris. Dr. Do- How are you, Brian? <laughs> now, Dr. Brian, before before you cut in here, uh, let me let me just give you a little introduction. So Brian is an old friend of ours. Obviously, it's one of those amazing connections that lacrosse has given us, and I think I think that many people can speak to this. Anybody who's played the sport of lacrosse, academics, ambition. It's all intertwined. It's not mutually exclusive. It's one of the beautiful things about lacrosse is that it's not just a sport. It's a lifestyle. And part of that lifestyle is really caring about school. And um, this gentleman is, is kind of one of the epitomes of that. Uh, Dr. Brian, if, if I may just uh, ask for your patience for just a moment, I want to just give your bio real quick. He is uh, the CEO and leader of the Pain and Arthritis Relief Center in Rockville. I was going to say Rockledge. I live in Rockledge, Florida. Rockville, Maryland. And um, it's a really unique clinic because it really combines multiple disciplines of pain management. And I think one of the things that's very relevant to tonight's topic is nutrition. And it's really an integrative practice in terms of integrating all of the best aspects of medicine while minimizing the side effects of invasiveness of surgery necessarily and medicine necessarily. So before I expand on that uh, in much of a great degree, uh, Dr. Brian, please speak up because I, I, I've been doing too much talking. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I want to uh, thank you guys for having me on here. It's uh, almost surreal. Well, actually, it is surreal <laughs> to be here with two of my best friends that I've known since, yeah, since probably baseball, Little League Baseball. Thank God we stopped playing baseball and started playing lacrosse, though. My dad uh, was so upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about your parents. When I stopped playing, we've talked about this in other podcasts, but my dad, Roger, recalls, was mortified that I was going to play this game called lacrosse. My parents were just happy they didn't have to watch me picking my nose in right field and, and daisies. So it was it was a good move. It was a very good move for me. They were supportive, thankfully. Um, but uh, I just want to thank you guys for putting the message out there. And we have gone through we've gone through battle together. We've bled together. We've cried together. We've won together. We've lost together. And that has strengthened our friendship and we even have several other of our buddies who are st- we're still connected with and these are 30-year friendships and I'm very grateful and feel so fortunate that we've turned this into part of our careers and can sit here and now share this message to other people who have kids and other lacrosse players and other athletes so thank you uh, uh, well thank you in yeah. return uh, i just want to mention real quick that brian was an uh first team all state defenseman in the state of new jersey which you know new jersey has become a hotbed of lacrosse and you know that that's no small accomplishment but but i also want to mention that you're you you share an alma mater with with steve here university of maryland so you both must be very very happy and very pleased about the outcome this year yeah, yeah absolutely just- Lacks domination. Yeah. 
and of course we all have the mutual friends of uh, the McGill brothers, one of which you know was a, a pretty big star at at, at Maryland. But um, that's that's uh, that's for a future podcast. I can't wait to get Ray back on to talk about that. But uh, the, the the topic at hand tonight, uh, Brian, it, you know, it was so. It, it was so amazing that you brought it up to me right in the in the middle of our very 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 grinding tournament season here in Florida. I mean, you imagine the conditions, or you remember the conditions that we played in sometimes in in New Jersey, which some of, it felt stifling at times in terms of the humidity and the heat. Well, I mean, you can't, can't even imagine here in Florida what it's like. And there I was, ha- you know, having to get these kids through the grinds of these tournaments and you're talking about five or six games in a weekend very fast pace huge heat and it's funny as i was thinking about this you know what can i do better to help not just my high school guys but my little guys brian sends me this amazing or sends steve and i together this amazing email about hey you know what let's really talk about the nutritive aspect of what we can do for these players to facilitate their success and keep them healthy and more importantly safe so Brian, if you can elaborate on your inspiration for that that'd be fantastic well i mean nutrition is i feel from being a healthcare practitioner uh nutrition is the foundation for living a healthy lifestyle um you can stretch adjust manipulate strengthen pull prod yank anything. And if you're not working with a stable cellular platform that's filled with garbage, uh, you're not going to change anything in your body or your mind. Uh, I found no bigger impact on my own body and mind and and mental framework, just using myself as an experiment uh, than altering my nutrition. And it goes way beyond physique because we're all getting older, right? I mean, we're in our 20s now. So, um, <laughs> uh, so times yes. two. <laughs> times two, exactly. <laughs> so um, there's got to be a, you know, there's there's got to be an X factor in controlling how we age. And I firmly believe that our bodies were built to last 120 years. But the, the medicines we put in them, the the – surgeries we get, the nutrition that we uh, avoid or the nutrition that we put in that doesn't feed our cells and doesn't feed our body and help regenerate on a consistent basis is what gets us old very quickly. Um, and, you know, it's it's been a uh, an impact on my patients and myself, but really where I've seen the biggest impact is on the kids. I have a 10-year-old son who plays for a travel team in Maryland, um, and it's very, very competitive. We travel to Long Island. We travel all over Maryland and Delaware. So we're playing, and our team is good. So we expect to play six games in two days. That's the and expectation. I love that. Yes, that is. That is. It's we got a battle, man. But sometimes we don't. However, um, you know, the nutritional component is a huge factor. Um, the heat obviously is a factor. Going down to that camp with you is. 98 degrees at eight o'clock in the morning. So I get 130% humidity. Yes. <laughs> so it's, it's a big factor. Uh, so I started thinking about, all right, what does my son need to eat? But the bigger challenge is the cultural concepts of nutrition. People still think you should be eating heavy protein meals, protein shakes, you know, all this stuff that really doesn't work to, 
fuel the body during a tournament. And, you know, the, the biggest concepts that I thought about are, okay, the tournaments are about performance. There's different nutrition for performing on that day versus, you know, building muscle or getting flexible or getting healthier cellular components in your body. Um, Steve, I know you know a ton about this. So um, any input there? Absolutely. I concur with everything that you said. And it's interesting, just like fitness, sports performance, uh, I would say almost anything in our in, in the realm of existence today, there's so much more information available than there ever was and via the Internet. And I believe that now information has provided more education, more questions about what is best to, to exercise, to perform better, and what is best to best way to eat. And but however, there's so much conflicting information out there uh, that I believe so many people are confused. They don't know where to go, what to eat. As you said, is it more protein? Is it less protein? Is it more carbohydrates? Is it more fat? Is it, you know, you're seeing so much conflicting stuff. And I think the confusion is what is right. And my professional opinion, there is no one size fits all. And you do have to experiment to a certain degree and play around with it as you would almost anything. Um, you know, you have to, if you're going into a game or games, six of them per, per you know, per uh, weekend in the tournament, you have to maybe manipulate your eating strategies such that you look at the outcome of those six games uh, if you play that and see how you performed, how you played, what your energy level was like. Because I always think that there was this one great saying that my mentor told me, an assessment is only as good as a reassessment. When you eat something, right, in my opinion, let's say I have a game, I'm going to eat something, that's an assessment. I don't really know for certain because my individual needs, my, my genetic makeup, my energy output may be different than yours or his and anybody else's. So I want to look at what I'm doing in that game and how I'm performing and how I'm ending up and recovering so that I can manipulate that if it's good, or I can tweak it if it's not good to find a better solution. And once I find that, you know, that way that I'm able to perform, able to recover, uh, able to feel good, I'm going to, I'm going to duplicate that. If someone took a snapshot of my life style and or my eating habits over the past 20 years, they would say I'm pretty damn boring. And uh, I've been a little less boring in the past three plus years because my wife is now Japanese and she loves to cook and I get a variety of things. I don't think that they're also the best things for me all the time. Um, but I'm living by this rule of 80-20 right now where I was probably more 95-5%. So I do think that there's you know always rooms for adjustments in different stages of one's life and or in this, in this case in, their, in your lacrosse career. So whether it's practice game uh, or in between games, practice or off season. I'd like to add a quick perspective, and, and this is going to be a very brief tangent, gentlemen, I promise. But in veterinary medicine, which is my, my other expertise, that's what actually pays my bills. <laughs> Lacrosse I do for fun, of course. I'm insane about it. but For uh, now. Wait, wait, for now. Uh, here's the deal. The, what, I, what, I, what I love about dogs and cats is that there is – no such thing as placebo effect. It either works or it doesn't, right? So there's dietary strategies, there's medications, there's 
There's holistic regimens. There's all of these things that I can recommend as an integrative practitioner, but they either work or they don't. And the patient's not going to convince himself otherwise. It doesn't, it doesn't exist, right? So what I love about that is that when I look at dietary strategies in terms of high-performance dogs, elderly dogs, uh, cats with arthritis, cats that are obese, whatever the case of their chronic ailment may be, they're all, they all respond so uniquely and differently. So I could put a cat on a, a diet that it's an obese cat, and the, the, the obese cat that I saw just 10 minutes before that cat was so successful in losing weight, and then this cat gets even fatter on the same diet, right? So to your point, Steve, I think every physiology, every metabolic system is unique. I think that the whole trial and error thing does come into play. I do think there are general guidelines, as as Dr. Brian is showing me his rather buxom well, cat. Uh, well, well, cat. We, 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 he's on he's on a he's on a foolproof diet. Beautiful. Cat. <laughs> I can't get him to drink the coffee. Beautiful cat, there, Brian. The uh, we'll, we'll we'll discuss he loves him. The butter. Uh, I have some suggestions, uh, but but I mean, case in point though is that you have such unique physiological needs. There is no one, I believe, blanket fit. But I do believe there are some basic tenets. So, Brian, could you help us with that a little bit? What are some of the basic tenets? Uh, well, before completely breaking into the basics, I, I have to, you know, just I like the term biochemical individuality. So everyone is going to respond differently. Like you see people who can metabolize food super quickly Steve. and other. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like just being friends with him for years, his, his bathroom trips are like less than 30 seconds. So it's pretty impre- been pretty impressive. Um, it's about there's 35 seconds now. Okay. Yeah. You've increased it's, a little bit. It's, yeah. That's over 40. <laughs> a little bit older. That's over 40. Yeah. That's, 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 that's ridiculous. You know what? So, Never mind. so the, it, it, again, you have to, you have to test and retest, see what works. And one of the coolest things that my, that I, when I came up with this concept, I was like, dudes, we've got to talk about this. Um, I went shopping, the night before Blake's last lacrosse tournament. And, you know, Blake he was fighting, son, by the way, let's clarify. Yes. Blake is your son. He's my son. Um, so he, he was fighting me a little bit because of, you know, some of the things that I picked out and I'll, I'll get into that in a couple minutes, but um, it was at the end of the game, he goes, dad, I know what to eat now. So I'm good to go. You know, cause yes. I have to, I have to, but I have to police him and some of the players, they can police themselves. So when you're dealing with youth, um, there is a, a major parenting element in paying attention to what your kids are eating. Uh, and, and I had, yeah. I would say probably 80, 90% of the parents are not policing themselves. So they police their kids. Would you agree with that? Or, um, you know, in the lacrosse world that I'm involved with, everyone is so, um, invested in the success of their children that they do pay attention. They just don't have the education like we have. Mm. So I have voiced up and I said, look, these certain foods are better. So strategies. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. I, I use like, you know, my heavier protein foods are and heavy fattier foods take more time to digest. So those are things that I like my, and I'm speaking specifically for my, my young players, um, that those are the foods that I like to avoid during the actual tournament. Um, I'm not a big fan of Gatorade per se because it's, or, you know, the, sorry, I know they might be a sponsor. Um, 
So Not a whatever. Sponsor. No worries. Right, we turned right. them down. And right, you know what? We're too small time to get sued. I'm talking. All right, cool. So <laughs> we but turned I don't them like, down. I like that. I don't, I don't. I don't like those those drinks too much because they're just filled with sugar. However, you know when you're in heat and it's you know you got six games. I like the sugar burst before the game. You know, so even even like some gummy bears before like right before the game, I'm okay with that. But eating a turkey sandwich with cheese and and a, and a ciabatta bun like that's a bad idea because it takes so much time to digest i mean think about it what happens to you sirs and madams listening when you eat a sandwich are you awake and ready to go you need to think about okay whatever i'm putting in my system i need to be able to run up a building and chase someone out of it but obviously we're playing lacrosse so you need to be able to sprint up and down the field consistently without feeling like your digestive system is taking over because that's what happens. You get into that. You'd rather sustain that fight or flight mode in your body because you want all the blood in your muscles. You don't yes. want all the blood digesting your food because that's what's going to slow it down. It's going to make you sleepy. So you need to keep up. I'm a huge fan of I just like fruit. I like fresh fruit during those days. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the other things that I found was a paleo granola. Um, there's a couple, there's a lot of, you know, I shop at Whole Foods, um, because I, I just, you know, I'd rather invest my money into what's going into my mouth. Um, so I found, I found some, uh, paleo granola, which is a good sugar burst as well. Um, with my and water a bit li- and it has, has probably a longer digestion period than something like a fruit. Would you, yes. would you say that's true? So you, you're kind of, you have an intermittent, right? So you're, you're doing short, fast energy, and then a little bit more sustainable, longer energy. Correct. And, and your fruits are going to be your faster energies. They, they mm-hmm. burn a lot quicker. You know, one of the things I was and, – and hydration, I'm a big fan of water, and I put um, sea salt in it. Mm-hmm. So instead of the sugar drinks – but they're always there. I just try to limit how many my son drinks per tournament day and not have Gatorade in between. But our coaches are very adamant about making sure that it's pretty cool because – um, our coaches like militantly are we, we force the kids to sit down in between the tournaments in the shade and drink water, depending how much time is in between the game. That's always the hardest part. The longer the, the longer the wait, the more restless they get, the more energy they lose. and They get to fire them back up. It's hard. So, Brian, let's uh, make a comment on uh, why sea salt and water is good uh, rather than other type of salts. Um, I'm going to just make a comment and you can fill in the blanks. So sea salt, Himalayan salt, uh, a.k.a. Uh, pink salt, is a salt that's natural from the earth, and it has a density, biodensity, that your body does not necessarily absorb, like an iodized salt uh, or a table salt. And it helps to prevent dehydration, helps to hold water back and retain a little bit of water. So in very hot temperatures or humid or dry areas like here in California, you'll help to actually maintain your hydration. Would you say that that's correct? And if there's anything I'm missing, fill in the blanks. Absolutely. And it's going to replenish the electrolytes that you lose when you sweat. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that, that, because everyone's like electrolytes, electrolytes, what are electrolytes? They're minerals. That's what they are. They're the minerals that you lose that you need for, to produce energy in your cells. So the mitochondria, they they take all these minerals and and electrolytes, put them in and they, they fire it off. So you create more energy. Gatorade did a great job of making the electrolytes seem like it's a, a, a chemical or a pro- something produced outside of 
the body or outside of nature. They, they, along with all the soda companies as well, have addicted our country and uh, other countries to sugar, which is a drug. Yes. Like I said, good stronger we're not, than we're not on the, anybody's radar to get sued, but it's all good. And we did turn down their sponsorship, Steve. So you know what? <laughs> we'll stick it in our craw. Um, I, I, well, we are talking uh, about but, nutrition. We're not trying to, no, no, not no, trying no, to no, downplay no. Hey, anything here. We're just hey, really listen, trying to make hey, people I, aware. I play in a men's league, and I was on the verge of vomiting last year. I, I was playing. We actually, I'm sorry. Two years ago, we were playing a college team as an exhibition game, and I loaded up with Gatorade, and I nearly vomited after the first quarter. Playing midi against college players, maybe that played a role. But at the same time, I really believe that I was feeling. I was like, Bleh. and since then, I haven't used Gatorade. In all honesty, I've just had a lot of electrolyte water. Just add electrolyte powder, you know, versus that all that sugar. I think it's the sugar that maybe nauseated more than anything. Mm. Well, so you can always push yourself to bring a nausea and it's Florida heat, but same thing. It's like even 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 like in a weight loss concept, uh, when you drink your calories, you, you you don't feel them or count them. When you eat them, it's a lot different, mm-hmm. you know. So so it's you get so much sugar in those drinks, and sugar free is poison as well. So sugar free is is going to slow down your energy production from a from a different perspective. The sugar is going to burn you out. Um, you know there are products out there because i know rod you do um triathlons um i like i like some of the vega products um because they're they're vegetable based the kids it's harder to get them to eat that i i use those when i was racing as well um and yeah yeah, and they've got i like vega goo is also not a bad substance as well i like it um cliff cliff bar does something decent uh they've got a, a squeeze type sugar um, almost like a goo where it's really quick, goes into your, into your mouth and your salivary glands and absorbs pretty quickly. I was using that when I did the marathon. Yeah. And those, those things are great. And the worst thing, I, I like the term bonk. So like when you, when you bonk, you're out, you know, that means, and you may have experienced that in a, in a race where it's like, you just can't produce any more energy unless you put nutrition in your body. So I love those. Those goos are good. Like, a food like dates. So dates are not, you know, kids don't always eat them or raisins. You know, those are those are those fast sugar burning foods. One thing on the on the hydration end, I like coconut water, but I avoided it because I think, it, you know, it can cause stomach issues and and porta potties are gross. So I don't want to have to subject my son to that if he doesn't have to do that. During my son doesn't tournament. care. My son doesn't yeah, care. No, you will poop yeah. anywhere. He doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I won't. Yeah, I, will, I will wear a diaper before I go one of those. <laughs> They're terrible, man. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, I know. but but the, on a positive note on those, if your GI tolerates them, medium chain triglycerides, right? So yeah, like a great source of energy, um, mm-hmm. and, and energy that if you're gonna use it, you're gonna use it, and it actually is gonna restore body condition and and body function metabolic energy and all that i, I can understand that it's a, i think it's a very good idea um i want to bring up one concept real quick that that, that brian you you just touched on uh i believe both of you kind of did there is an effect and 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 again i'm ca- talking from a varying perspective but let's let's talk about canines for a second because canines and humans are very very similar and we haven't we have something that's called and it's both humans and uh, dogs, as far as I'm, cons- as far as my understanding is, based on our mutual other lacrosse player friend Dan Rosiniak, who's been through medical school as a uh, medical doctor, and uh, Brian, you probably touched on this a lot on the Krebs cycle when you were going to chiropractic school, um, the Samaji overswing, right? 
So there, there, there's two things that are associated with Samaji. So Samaji, Google that real quick, Brian. <laughs> so, so, well, good, good luck spelling it. Good, good, good luck spelling it. But, but there's Is Samaji, that like Tewartan? I, I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking about the Tewartan Lord, and Brian thought it was pronounced Tewartan. Um, but that's okay. That's all right. You know, it, it does look that way. But anyway, back back to the subject. Samaji overswing, and there's Samaji effect. So there's two different terminologies we're using here. So Samaji effect completely has to do with insulin administration for diabetics. We're going to just throw that out, okay? We're talking about Samaji overswing. Now, Samaji effect, totally different. So in terms of Samaji overswing, I think we've all experienced it. You eat a high pasta meal. I'm sorry, high carbohydrate, high glycemic index meal like pasta or bread or something loaded with simple carbohydrates. And you feel tired. You want to sleep it. Steve, Brian, you've experienced this, correct? Yeah, I just I yes. just had that. Right. You had some just pasta? A couple hours ago. That's unusual. No, I, I, had, I had some Mexican food here, some, some organic Mexican food. Okay. I brought a guest of mine, uh, actually Brian's nephew, who's here on an internship with me uh, to one of his favorite restaurants here. Okay. So, Jordan, uh, we'll have to get him on the show at some point. Your your apprentice. But so what happens is you get this huge influx of simple carbohydrate that just infiltrates your system. So biochemically, what your body does is overcompensates, puts out actually more insulin from the pancreas, from the islet cells of the pancreas, and your body really should normally need under normal circumstances without this influx of all these simple carbohydrates, and suddenly you get reflex hypoglycemia, and you feel tired. You feel tired, and you're just, you're just blah, 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 blah. So I think the line, gentlemen, that we have to tow here is giving that nice influx of simple carbohydrates without overdoing it, you know, and, and how do you tow that line? I think that's, that is always the question. So any thoughts on that? Um, towing. So I think, again, it comes down to biochemical individuality, you know, like how do you respond? I'm just, I'm not a big fan of, um, pasta in general, just because of its gluten effects as well. Um, you know, so I like to choose things like a, for a pregame meal, like I'm using sweet potatoes or summer squash, um, things that have other positive qualities in it. Whereas pasta, really, I just don't see the positive qualities to it. So um, you got a lot of potassium in those items that you just mentioned, a lot of antioxidants. Correct. Yes. And, and fiber as well for digestion. So, you know, yeah. um, as far as crashing during that you know during the game I, I just you know it's it's just too overloaded I, I really feel like it comes down to psychology and the psychology of nutrition and food because everyone is so focused around food you know like I go home and my mom's asking me like at breakfast what I want for dinner tomorrow night so you know <laughs> it's, it's like enculturated in our in our in our minds in our DNA to like be centered around food and it's just not that big of a deal, especially when you're going to battle. You know, when you're going to battle, who, as long as you have the proper nutrition to sustain your body at peak performance, that's the most important thing. So you, you know, so, like, you, so you think you think to some degree it's oh, it, it's a little bit overstated. It's a little bit over. 
abundant, uh, I don't want to say abundant, abundance is a positive word. It's, it's over indoctrinated, perhaps. Yeah, and, and I think, I think, but, but we're talking, we're clearly delineating performance day versus, you know, training, right? So training is very different. And, and on a daily basis, what you're eating is going to help you create newer, healthier tissues and regenerate to create a stronger body. But performance on that day, completely different rules. Steve, weigh in on this, please. I would absolutely agree with that. And that's what I was alluding to earlier about, you know, there are different periods, uh, whether it's between your games or it's between the season or it's the week leading up to the tournament. There's definitely different reasons and different ways of eating. And I do think that one has to be mindful, educated uh, to a certain degree of just aware of what feels good. And I, Reiterate what feels good, because I think that if you can simplify it, right, and that's what I think has become the challenge in nutrition is that it's it's not simplified. There's too much information out there, which, uh, you know, I think really confuses people and makes them uncertain and unaware. So they just choose the the option that they know best, that maybe not best for them. If you're aware and you feel good after you eat something continue to do that, right? So get in touch with your emotion, get in touch with your energy, get in touch with your, uh, your, your consciousness so that you can feel how something is affecting you. If I eat an apple, I feel energetic. I feel energized. I feel an even level of energy throughout the next two hours. If I eat a pasta meal, uh, with gluten or without gluten, I'm a little heavier. I'm a little sluggish. I don't want to perform. I want to be a little bit more sedentary. I'm not ready to go, you know, for a run or a jog. So simplify, keep it simple, stupid, I think is a really important part of nutrition as well. Knowing what feels good and being able to identify those foods that what feels good in the moment prior or during a game is going to be also a nice way for you to know how to feed yourself, what to use for optimal performance. I think for the, um, you know, the serious older athletes, even in high school, I think it's important because you, you want to you always want to track. It's easy for us to track like how much we back squatted or how much we deadlifted, you know, and those are those are numbers. But what Steve was alluding to with emotions, like what is your what does your brain feel like after you eat? What does your stomach feel like after you eat? What is your mood after you eat? Because if, you know, that's going to help you determine how those foods are affecting you and then what to tweak when it's performance time. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the one of the biggest things that I got from and that I've gotten from Steve uh, and his involvement here. I wish you were here more than once a year. Goodness gracious. In terms of well, tra- training two, athletes. Less than two weeks. <laughs> yes, you're I'll coming back. You're coming back. But but, you know, we, we have a, a gentleman that respects you very much. who trained the, the Washington Nationals. They, they have their spring had past tense their spring training here edwin jimenez he came in and and you know one of the things that he hit on and steve you've hit on this as well and i I hear it constantly and brian i'm i'm sure you would agree with this is that no matter what you do don't change on game day what you do during training experiment during training find the right mix that works for you but don't try to try any stuff on game day because that could be disastrous. Would you agree with that, Brian? 
it's like using a brand new stick on game day. Oh goodness, no! <laughs> I actually watched one of my son's teammates, his boy Connor. Holy cow, Connor's from New Jersey, by the way, Brian. He would have been zoned for hundred in Central. <laughs> He's a lovely kid. He's a great player. His parents are amazing, and he came to ready for this the semifinal of <laughs> of the Florida Cup, and he had a new stick that he really insisted on using. And two two goals that he would have finished so Connor-like, he blew it. And his dad said, get over here. Take your old stick. Give me that thing. <laughs> Next one, he had the opportunity on the crease. He caught me, scored. And then again, two minutes later, he caught me, scored. We're like, okay, great, great analogy. I love it. Uh, so, so, of course, during training. So, so we're not going to change anything on game day. But, gentlemen... This is your expertise. This is your wheelhouse, both of you. If you could please share with me some generalities. Okay, let's put out some generalities that are advisable, things to try and experiment with as you're training and preparing for the tournaments during training, of course, not on game day. What would you suggest? Let's start with Brian. I'm actually, if it's okay, I, this is more of a hobby for me, so it's it's on experimentation. I'd like to defer to Steve on that one. Is that is that okay? Can I can I pass off that one? Steve, is that okay with you? Steve, yeah, not, yeah. fine, <laughs> absolutely. I'm here. I just had to technical keep difficulties. A charge, no, yeah, I had to recharge my battery on the phone and put my headset in. <laughs> so I would say, how do I generalize this? Uh, that's a challenging question. <laughs> and, uh, Brian, thanks. You're going to defer, the, uh, gonna defer it me back under, to me? Yeah, I can, I can get it back. No. I'll, 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 I'll take a swing at it. So how do I generalize this? I would, I have the saying, uh, a rule of thumb, if you will, that I tell clients, eat breakfast like a king or a queen, lunch like a prince or a pauper, and dinner like a... Or, or, Sorry, eat breakfast like a king or a queen, lunch like a prince or a princess, and dinner like a pauper. And what does that mean? It means have a large meal earlier in the day, have a medium-sized meal in the middle of the day, and a smaller meal at the end of your day. That's one rule of thumb. That's about quantities. We're, we haven't even really considered quantities because whatever you're eating, going back to the feel-good statement, if you're paying attention to what feels good, if you're eating something earlier in the day, and let's say your games on, uh, I don't know, what time do they start, guys, over there? 9 o'clock, 9 a.m.? D- depends on the earlier. division. So so my son, uh, in three tournaments, had a 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 1 o'clock game on Saturday. And then okay. on Sunday, nine, 9 and 11, and if they made the final, would have been at 1. All right, so I would a different, but yeah. I would say on the day prior to the event or prior to the tournament, eating, you know, a, a meal that is medium to larger size is going to be great. And then on game day, if your games are at nine o'clock or ten o'clock, eat a medium to small size meal in food that feels good. Uh, like Brian said, simple carbohydrates, medium ch- chain triglycerides, things that are going to provide fast to meet to intermittent examples uh, or intermediate uh fruits uh grapes um 
You've got uh, even granola, yeah, granola, sweet potatoes, uh, pumpkin. Uh, pumpkin is like something I really got into, uh, which is so, great. So bacon, bacon and sausage, not the best idea for breakfast? No, uh, not, I would not, not on, on game, game day. day. No, not on game day. If you want to do that for recovery uh, after your day, sure, that's awesome. But not before the games, after the games. And um, – I first and foremost hydrate first thing in the morning. Drink, you know, at least 12 to 16 ounces of water first thing in the morning before you even eat anything. And then let that digest or let that assimilate into your body and maybe 30 minutes later then have a meal. Uh, you might have to wake up a little bit earlier. You got to plan. You know, that's another thing too. You know, timing of all this is really important. And so, you know, the conscientious, um, and it's, there's, I just, you know, heard myself say that word, the conscientious, conscious person is going to do whatever he or she thinks is necessary for them to perform better and play at their optimal level. And so if I got to wake up 30 minutes before I typically do, then I'm going to do that so that I'm going to eat the right foods, drink the right amount of water so that I feel hydrated and ready to go. So I think those are some key elements that you can manipulate tweaks or, you know, for your optimal performance. I think it's important as parents as well um, to, if I take a step back, we know so much more than our parents knew. I mean, my dad grew up in an apartment in Brooklyn and had no idea that, that cereal wasn't a good performance food, you know? So it was, you know, yeah, my, we, my, my we dad know. thought spam was healthy. So yeah. right. So, in I Brooklyn, mean, we, by the way. So, yes. <laughs> so we know so much, about nutrition and sport performance, I, I'm a firm believer in teaching my kids early because the level of competition is ridiculous. My son has played the same amount of years by the time he's 10 that I did by the time I was 17. Isn't that so he's already, you know, they're, they're already playing significantly more at a higher level, a smarter level. Um, so they should understand this stuff about performance nutrition. And I think it comes even way before lifting weights and doing those things. I mean, for 10-year-olds, all they need to do is condition and get better lacrosse skills. But the nutritional component is that X factor. It's a big, big, big component. Um, but as far as pregame meals, I have – I think it's cool to have like a family meal as well. Like I like that part. Like you talk about – you know, run over your plays in your mind, visualize, you know, how you're going to uh, play play defense with your feet and not your long pole. Um, so uh, there's a lot of a lot of components from a, a cultural perspective that we can actually shift, um, which is where the three of us have our biggest impact. I think from bio and that's wonderful stuff from both of you. I, I really appreciate it. The I will tell you from a biochemical perspective. And again, I look at I look at the strictly medical aspect of this from the side of a dog comes in in an insulin crash because owner administered insulin it's a diabetic dog and 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 the dog crashed and so we have to give that dog massive doses of glucose which is sugar to bring the sugar back up but unless we give that dog protein in addition to the sugar he's going to crash again he's going to keep crashing because of smudgy oversweep so i believe that protein is necessary as well I, I think high biological value protein, especially when you're talking about a, uh, an athlete that needs quick absorption, not something that's going to linger in his gut and not have much excretion as waste, um, like egg protein, for example, I think is really crucial to providing that 
those higher glycemic items, which, you know, fruit is fantastic. It does provide the fiber, the GI benefit, but there is sugar in fruit. It's just natural sugar, but it's still sugar, but it's fantastic. And there's hydration in it. There's, you know, there's water in it. Um, I do think, though, you do need that protein component to sustain that nice and even uh, blood glucose and glycemic index without um, precipitating a crash. Uh, so I do believe protein is an integral component to that morning meal. And I've, I've actually experimented with this with my own son a little bit because, you know, I part of it is attitude as well. You know this very well, Brian. So there's more than just nutrition with these little guys. But I have found that making sure that he has in the morning not something really carby like cereal, but like, you know, like a nice little omelet with some vegetables and some grapes and a little bit of spinach, which he likes some applesauce and i know you're gonna hate me for this but a little a little a little tiny bit a little shot of coffee <laughs> he he loves coffee i only let him have a smidge of it but it you know it it, it works for him you know in 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 little tiny moderation I, I i have this little tiny little mug of baby coffee that i give him and i just let him have a little bit on on game day and it it, it perks him up and it works and I, I think i found the right mix of what works for my son so any thoughts on Brian? I've I have no problem with a little bit of caffeine. It's just you know when it becomes an addictive component for a young kid, then 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 you got issues. Only um, game day. Only game day. <laughs> right. I was I, I, I was actually. That. It's funny that you guys bring that up. I was watching a, a show the other night on Netflix, and uh, it's, it has to do with a high school environment. And I was looking at how much they depict these kids in. The, in the show in the coffee shop and how even today you look around, kids are walking around with frappuccinos and even lattes or even just coffee. When I was growing up, coffee was an adult drink. My parents drank coffee every morning. I never once asked for it, wanted it, questioned it. It was like for adults. It was almost like a, an alcoholic beverage. I never once even considered having it. Actually, you probably so had more alcoholic beverage than you did coffee. <laughs> I probably. <laughs> in it or whatever. After yeah. 15, 16, I, definitely. I, I would wholly agree I, with that. I didn't have my first it, coffee until I was 17. Yeah. Actually, actually, when I was working painting houses for our lacrosse coach, Coach Monera. <laughs> so it was interesting. Um, you know, it's it, I, I, was, I really saw that the other night and you guys bringing that up now, I mean, listen, caffeine has been and has been studied over a long period of time as a performance enhancement supplement or uh, as a performance uh, additive where a lot of athletes have used it and for short and long-term durations of exercise. I do think it's valuable, but I would not, in my professional opinion, uh, encourage anybody to have caffeine earlier in, in, in stages of life for Two reasons. One's I don't think that you should you, you like it's healthy to stimulate um, the adrenal glands and give them that little boost that they might get. And two is I wouldn't want to start conforming them to thinking that drinking coffee is a norm for later in life. That's or, just or, my personal or, opinion. Or it becomes the the excuse for energy, and then right. you you yeah. run a you run a credit card bill with your body that's too high, basically. Yeah. And you depend yeah. on the coffee for energy instead of nutrition and, right. you know, and psychology for energy. Um, to, to jump back on your game day breakfast, I typically, this is Blake's go-to, is a, uh, we do avocado toast with a sunny side egg. 
That's what he that's what he likes. So I'll do a piece of like I get I get the bread from Whole Foods. It has no high fructose corn syrup in it. And, you know, it's it's one slice of bread. I put probably a quarter or a half of an avocado, a little sea salt, pepper, and I fry an egg and then throw it on top of there. You got some protein. You got some omega-3 fatty acids from the avocado. You got fiber. You got enough carbohydrate. It sounds to me like a beautiful balance, but it yeah. also agrees with your child. You know, yep. and, and, and people will say to me all the time, you know, again, in my exam rooms, they'll be like, I feed my dog this, 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 and that. And I see a dog that's got a beautiful hair coat, perfect blood work, perfect physique. And I always say, you know what I'll say to them? Well, you know what? It doesn't sound ideal, but you can't argue with success. Yeah. So unless it <laughs> stops working, <laughs> I have to say stay with it, you know. And maybe not what I would recommend for my own dog at this point in time. And it may not be what's ideal on paper quantitatively and ideologically but whatever you're doing seems to be working stools are perfect everything checks out nicely blood work is great and body condition score is perfect so wh who might who might say you're wrong in, in all honesty you know so you know it's interesting kind of going to both comments that you guys have made during the course of this podcast and going back to the feeling good oftentimes you know, going back to what Brian said about bringing, you know, a community back or family back and having meals together. Parents, if you're listening to this, ask your child how do they feel after a certain meal. Understand what it is. Get that feedback from them so that you can help tweak and nurture them in a way that's going to help them on the field and, and in life. So, you know, they don't feel they don't necessarily because I don't I mean, I can't I don't remember as a kid growing up being like, oh, I like this because it makes me feel this way. You know, like I just got what I got because my parents gave it to me. Unfortunately, it was good food. And that's what's happening today. Amazing. So food. I, I ate think, there many, many evenings for dinner at your house. Very good food. Yeah, it was it was good. I was Mrs. very lucky. Jordan could cook, man. Lucky. She could cook. Wow. Any, so any no, follow up I on that? Oh, so I think it's important for, you know, I think it's important for parents to take an active role in understanding what helps their child to feel good and continue that 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 nurturing there feedback from the child brian ditto <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think you know those those of us who have the privilege of a, a good understanding of nutrition and have experimented with ourselves and our children need to speak up you know we need to have those conversations with the other parents and not sit in the back so you know become a leader out there if you've done the experiments on your children and you as a, a player, young player, you know, it becomes important. I, I don't you know, I've seen a lot of different athletes who eat like six Big Macs a day. It's just if that works for that guy, then then go for it. But um, that doesn't work for me, um, you know, and and I know just based on I watch what my kids eat. I mean, the first food that both of my children had is was avocado. So my daughter said to me the other day, she said, I've been eating uh, eating avocado. Uh, excuse me. I've been eating avocados for 13 years, and she's 13. I was like, "Wow, that's really cool." <laughs> Very cool. So, um, you know, I'd like to add a quick comment. I hope I hope circumstances have changed, but uh, on our, on my road trips when I was playing for Montclair State, you want, you want to hear what I got for meal money? This is what playing <laughs> got for meal money: ten dollars a day. That's what we got for meal money. I mean, they covered our hotel and travel expenses, but for a meal money, you got ten dollars a day. Think about that, you know. So, so we're sitting there, we're 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 playing, you know, fight for North Carolina, and we're eating freaking Taco Bell, McDonald's, and all this crap. 
Uh, I could wait, do. You, you, you know, you know, we, we, you know, we totally about, love. I'm sorry. Uh, we loved we made the postseason because when we made the postseason, and thankfully, um, <laughs> the, my freshman year we did not make the postseason, but the the last uh, three years we did. They upped it to twenty five dollars a day. So we felt like we were like living large. We got twenty five bucks a day meal money, man. We got it made. I hope I they're doing two, better down there. Two comments on that. One, if you all pulled your, pulled your money together, you could have gone to a grocery store and fed yourselves for a week. Yeah, um, you know, eight, then, eighteen then, to twenty two year olds. That's and, good and luck then, with that. No, <laughs> I, I understand that. And then two, just shop on the periphery. Don't go up and down the aisles, and you'll find the foods you need. <laughs> and 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 three. Back to what you're saying, Brian, is go into the grocery stores. Stay away from the restaurants where you have to pay more for the meals. $10 can go a long way. I go to a farmer's market here every Sunday in California where expenses are high here, and I'll walk out of there $20, $25 later with a tremendous amount of grocery or vegetables and fruits that actually last me probably seven to nine days, and sometimes I can't even finish them before they go bad. So you can go a long way if you just do it the right way. You're educated and you're proactive and you're, you know, you're an outlier. You're disciplined. Disciplined, yes. Disciplined lacrosse athletes. I was made fun of for so long and still am, you know, for being different and doing what I did. And it's interesting, you know, it's like finally for the past – five years or so, I don't care anymore. You know, I used to be insecure about it, but I did it anyway because it made me feel good. And now I've just accepted that's who I am and I really don't care what other people think. So, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you want to be different, you want to do it and you are, you know, maybe ridiculed or made fun of or maybe not accepted by your peers or others, screw it. Do your thing. Do you. Don't worry about anybody else. Do what makes you feel good. That's well, but, the bottom line. Well, my recollection is both you and Brian were in that same ilk that you both, you know, for the most part, didn't accept the dogma of the <laughs> the processed food industry that we were all pretty hooked on, with the exception of the occasional Clark White Diamond, which, you know, we all have to have our indulgences occasionally. But, and uh, and Bay Village Pizza. Oh, well, of course. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it, there's... There's exceptions to every rule a little bit, but we have, we got to live a little bit. Gentlemen, this has been such a stimulating conversation. I, I, I feel like this isn't even a podcast. It's like I'm, I'm just bantering with old friends that are so educated and so well-versed in these things, and I really, really appreciate it, and I've so thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, any final parting thoughts to the listeners here before we go here, Brian? Um, yeah, just another quick story about discipline, actually, because I was in the grocery store with my daughter um, a week ago. And, uh, you know, uh, someone I knew just through business and local community starts coming up to me and asking me about nutrition and all that kind of stuff. And my daughter and I started talking and we said, you know what? Everybody knows because he's like, oh, I'm trying this low carb thing, but it's working. And so I'm like and I turned to my daughter and I said, you know, everybody already knows what to do. They just don't have the discipline to stop putting the wrong foods in their mouth. So discipline is the freedom to the most successful person that you can be on the field and off the field. So, you know, nutrition really, it comes down to, uh, you know, some parts knowledge, but a large part discipline. I love the the juxtaposition of that statement. Discipline is freedom. 
right? I, I stole that from somebody, but yes. uh, okay. Hey, I've, whatever. I've though. Hey, you yeah. know, <laughs> it, it, it's 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 really cool. Steve, parting thoughts here, my friend. I couldn't agree more. Discipline is is really important, and dare to be different is what my final words be. And you know, different doesn't have to be negative. It's very positive. Be you. Be yourself. Be better. Dare to be different. All right. Well, gentlemen, this has been a very stimulating podcast. Brian, I so appreciate you being on the podcast. So good to see you. You so too. Good to Thank talk you for having you. me. This is an awesome experience. I appreciate uh, it. Thank Love you, guys. Man. I hope uh, I, I want to have you on. Uh, and, and Steve, I'm sure you agree. I would like to talk to you, uh, you about uh, pain management and trauma and all the other things that you're so innovatively involved in with your, your clinic. I think it's some of the most – uh, innovative things that I've seen, and I, I just love it. It's so integrative and side effect free. So I'm just I'm laying down a little teaser, Steve, for future future. Uh, yeah, podcasts I think it'd be great. You know, we're at the end of a season, beginning of you know going into off season for many of the players and uh, listeners out there. So I think many of them have had uh, reoccurring injuries or acute injuries that they can we can consider talking about how to manage it and be uh, in more more better form for the next season and upcoming events more better form so we we part with awesome grammar there buddy (laughs) 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm a grammar snob my apologies (laughs) steve is giving me a colorful metaphor uh colorful metaphor through the camera right now i'm just i'm not going to say what that means anyway i love I (laughs) i love all you guys Thank you very much. Tewarton. (laughs) Hey, lacrosse listeners, Laxon, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to Lacrosse and Sport. Lax out.